I'm going to read uh, our opening verse today. Uh, he made reference of it today, but this has just been the verse that has really been where we're at, and where, where we're going to be uh, for some time. And it's in Joshua chapter 3, verse 5. It says this, And Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do miracles among you. Again, if you've been here for any length of time, the past few weeks, you, you, this, this, this verse is very familiar. It's like I, I've heard that before. And, and Joshua is looking to a group of people that are, are maybe in the same boat that you're in. We're looking for God to do something incredible in our tomorrows. And Joshua looks at them the way we've been talking today and believing this, that if we'll prepare today, then miracles will be in our tomorrow. What we do today, how we prepare today, highly influences what God is able to do in our tomorrows. How many are expecting God to do some incredible things in your tomorrows? You know, I love this and it sounds so awesome. Like we're preparing today. We're preparing today because God is gonna do some great things tomorrow. And, and, and I started thinking about preparing and I'm like, man, this is awesome. Preach is real good, sounds great. Like I'm leaving church and I'm like, man, I'm ready to prepare. I'm preparing, I'm preparing. But I started thinking to myself, how exactly are you preparing? Like, what does that mean? You know, I was, I was at the gym. This was about two and a half years ago. That doesn't mean I haven't been since then. This is just when the story takes place. And so about two and a half years ago, I was at the gym and I ran into one of my buddies who's like very in shape. And, and he sees me in the gym and he comes up to me and he's like, hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm, I'm working out. I said, I'm going to be going out of town in a couple of months. And, you know, I'm just trying to get in shape for this trip. He's like, so, so what's your game plan? I'm like, I'm going to the gym. He's like, I know. Like, I'm like, I, I, I'm, he's like, I know, but like, what's your, how, how are you getting ready for this trip? I said, I'm, I'm here, man. I'm at the gym. And, and I quickly realized in that moment that I thought I was preparing, but I really wasn't preparing for anything. And in this place, my great concern would be that you think you're doing something that we're not. Because if we do prepare today, there will be miracles in your tomorrow. My question is, are you preparing? What are you preparing for? You know, throughout the Bible, you see this principle everywhere. And this morning, I want to take some notes from a man named David, because David understood that on the other side of his preparation would be the miraculous. You know, for most of us, whether you've been in church for two weeks or 20 years, you probably know who David is. You've heard his name, and for us, we all can probably talk about his first monumental moment when he kills Goliath. It's an awesome moment in David's life where he kills Goliath. You know, it starts off as an ordinary day for David. He was taking care of some animals like Pastor has been all week. He's taking care of sheep, not cats. And David's in the field taking care of the sheep and David's dad calls for David and says, hey David, your brothers, they forgot their lunch in the refrigerator. Can you take them their lunch and take them some food? 
David's brothers were a part of an army and they were out at the battlefield. So David grabs the lunch bags and he heads on to the battlefield. When David gets there, he notices there's a lot of tension in the air. You ever walk out at the school lunch and you just know a fight's about to break out? Like, maybe that's just me, I don't know. I, I, I just knew that I knew when there was gonna be a fight. The tension's in the air. David's curious, like, what's going on? What's, what's going on? What's about to happen? And everybody's in fear and panic because in the valley, there's this giant named Goliath. And he's taunting all of God's people. He's taunting the army of the Israelites. He's talking trash. Goliath is talking about their mom. Goliath is, he's just having his way and everybody's in fear and David's like, why, don't any, why doesn't anybody want to fight this man? And so David signs up and says, I'll, I'll go fight the man. He goes up to King Saul. This was the leader of the army. And I envision David just being really small. He wasn't probably this small, but I've always envisioned him like pulling on Saul's robe, like, hey, Saul, I'll, I'll go fight that, that giant. And Saul looks at little old David and says, David, you're, you're crazy. Saul has been killing people since his youth. You are no match. For, I'm sorry, Goliath. David, you are no match for Goliath. But I love David's response to Saul here in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 34 through 36. It says this, but David persisted, persisted. When was the last time you persisted to do something people were running from? I believe that's the kind of church God is going to be raising up. People that are not afraid. People that say, hey, God, sign me up. I'll take on that problem. I'll take on this problem because I know who my God is. David, he persisted. He says this, I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and I rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and I club it to death. This is David talking to the king. He says, I've done this to both lions and bears and I'll do it to that pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. What was David trying to tell Saul? He was trying to tell him, Saul, I've been preparing. Saul, I've been in a field where no one's seen me. And when a lion would come, I would take it out. Saul, I've been preparing. When a bear would come to take one of these, these sheep, I would, I would grab that bear by its jaw and I would club it to death. Why wasn't David concerned about Goliath? Because he knew miracles were waiting for him. David understood the power of preparation. He had been preparing for this moment. And you know what was incredible? David walked out there in that battlefield and he took out a giant he didn't have any business beating because when you prepare today there will be miracles amongst you tomorrow my question is are we preparing you see David he practiced this throughout his life and as he got older we see some awesome things in not just his preparation but his approach to preparation 
You can be doing a million things right now as I was at the gym, but because I wasn't following instruction, I never saw the results I wanted to see. David, later on in his life, he, he does something that really sticks out to me, and I believe it's where we're going to park today. And we see it in 1 Samuel chapter 23. And what I want to focus on here is not so much David's preparation, but rather his approach to preparation. And I believe if we can adopt this approach, God will give you the marching orders for your today so you could experience miracles and your tomorrow. It says this in verse 1. It says, Then they uh, told David, saying, Look, the Philistines are fighting against Kila, and they are robbing the threshing floors. Therefore David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and attack these Philistines? There's this, this town that is about to be taken over by the Philistines. David had been battling Philistines for a very, very long time time. And the Philistine army was looking to go in and take control of this specific town. And they're helpless and they're hopeless and they're hoping that they're going to be, they're, they're going to they're be saved. And so David pretty much goes and inquires of God and he says, shall I go and attack these Philistines? And the Lord said to David, go and attack them and save Kyla. But David's men said to him, look, we're afraid here in Judah. I mean, David's men, his troops, are not even in the city where all hell is breaking loose. They're still in their city, but they're freaking out about what's happening over there. They're like, David, if we're panicking here, how do you think we're going to feel when we're in the thick of the fight? And all of a sudden, David himself, he goes back and he starts to think about this for a second. So it says, then David inquired of the Lord once again. And the Lord answered him and said, arise. Go down to Kyla, for I will deliver the Philistines into your hand. And David and his men went to Kyla and fought with the Philistines, struck them with a mighty blow, and they took away their livestock. So David saved all the inhabitants of Kyla. There's two things that we see David do in this passage. We read five verses, and there's two things, two things we see him do, or, or, or he does the same thing twice. He inquires of the Lord. David was not going to just do something he felt like doing. He inquired God. In other words, he said, God, what does my preparation look like? God, what is it that you're asking me to do God I know that there's miracles ahead but what is my part to play today he inquired of the Lord the word inquired simply means to ask for information from someone pertaining to your preparation when was the last time you asked God for some information preparing to the part you're called to play in your family in this church, in your business, with your future. When was the last time you knocked on God's door and said, God, what do you want me to do? David wasn't just preparing, his approach was everything. He inquired of the Lord. Sometimes in our life there's results that you don't see. 
And that's not because God didn't want things to happen. You just got your marching orders from another party when you should have inquired of God. He inquired of the Lord. David inquires of God. God gives him the recipe to success. David does it and he wins. And my question to myself, because I'm preaching to me today, Andrew, then why wouldn't you inquire the Lord every single day? Andrew, why wouldn't you inquire the Lord before you step into battle? Andrew, why would you not inquire of God? Why wouldn't you ask God for some information as you're trying to succeed in life? And I think there's a couple reasons I'm talking to myself on why we don't inquire of God. I think one reason why we don't inquire of God is because we're afraid. Not so much afraid of God, but afraid of what he might ask me to do. Because I think a lot of times in life we kind of already know, but if I really take the time to silence all the noise around me and actually inquire of God, I'm afraid of what he might ask me to do. David inquires of God, God gives him the marching orders and David's men freak out. They panicked. They were afraid. David's men probably would not have inquired of God knowing what God might have asked them to do. And I think a lot of people miss out on victories in their life. But not just victories in their life, the victories that other people around you were supposed to experience because we're too scared to do what God might ask us to do. But on the other side of proper preparation is the victory in the life you've been praying for. I mean, we read these stories and it's so easy to think like, this is David. David, he's, he's just, he's David. Like he's a Bible guy. He's not afraid of nothing. You know, it's funny. I, I started thinking to myself, the only time I go back to get reassurance from someone on something is if I'm a little bit afraid, if I'm a little bit nervous. The only time I go back to ask again, like, are you sure you sure? Is because I'm a little bit nervous. Notice David didn't tell his men, hey guys, silence, we're gonna go. He already said, he said, oh shoot, let me go ask God again just to make sure. I think David was a little bit nervous. But David did not allow the voices of the outside to influence his connection to God. David still knew where to go. When this news came and maybe David felt a little bit unsure, David didn't go talk to a bunch of other unsure people to see what they thought about the instructions. He went back to the source, God. This is a little scary, God. This just doesn't make a lot of sense, God. I don't think this is the popular decision, but David knew where to get information from. He inquired of the Lord. I'm sure those people, it, say, it says that he saved the city. I'm sure there's people, moms, dads, sons and daughters that were grateful that David was not afraid. I think about the potential that's in this room. We represent the different seats in this room, but you guys are all extensions of hundreds of thousands of millions of people. And you have no idea who's banking on you today while you sit in a seat as an attendee, 
who's banking on you saying yes to the call of God on your life. Not just for your sake, but for their sake. When, when I showed up to this church, God has used me, I don't know why, to help different people. I've prayed for people. Went in the hospital one day, man looked dead. I tell this story to my girls all the time, they love it. Man looked dead, family gave up on him. They said, we don't believe God does miracles today. I said, y'all better get out of the room. And we began to pray over this, this man's lifeless body. I showed up to this church and I'll never forget getting punched in the back by somebody. I was, I was like, I'm saved, but I'm not that saved. I was, I was ready to square up and this man was smiling. He said, do you remember me? I'm like still recovering from like the blow to my side. He said, I'm Mike. I'm the guy that you and your wife prayed for in the hospital room. Mike is... You know, fast forward to when I was 18 years old and I was afraid to ask God why I was here on this earth. I was afraid. I wasn't afraid to inquire of the Lord because I already had my plan. I already had my agenda. I knew what the next 13 years of my life were supposed to look like, but I had this weird feeling that maybe God knows something that I don't know. And it was scary. But I inquired of God and he gave me a step. And that step has led to incredible things in my life, but even the lives of people that I love. And God wants to do the same thing for you. Do not let fear hold you back. Do not let fear hold you back. Don't let people talk you out of the dream that God has put on the inside of you. There's a dream there. And the instructions that God give you, gives you might make you look so silly in front of everybody. But at the end of the day, when the miracle shows up, I'm telling you, God will not fail you. I want to read this reminding verse for me in Isaiah 41, 10. It says this, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God's not gonna fail you. God's not gonna fail you. When I can inquire of God, he's gonna give me my next, my next step. He's gonna let me know what it is that I need to do. I think fear holds people back. Again, preaching to myself. I think another one that kind of holds us back a little bit on not inquiring God is our feelings our feelings. In other words, if I inquire information from God, he may ask me to do something that I just don't feel like doing. Just don't feel like doing it. Like, let's just be honest, you just don't feel like doing it. You know, when I have drama going on in my life, when I was little, you know, as, as a little kid running around, <clears throat> I could either take my problems to my mom or I could take my problems to my dad. I always ran to my mom because my mom would always give me her ear. I didn't want to go to my dad because my dad would give me a solution. Most of the time we take our problems to the people that are going to give us their ear because we're really not looking to change. I just need to feel a little bit better. I just need you to accommodate the way that I feel right now. And I believe this is one of the reasons why we don't inquire of God because we have this slight feeling that he might ask me to do something that I don't feel like doing. Our feelings are getting in the way. 
Our feelings are keeping us from the life that God has for us, our feelings. And one of my greatest concerns is that you would allow other people's perspective to alter the truth. My, my concern in our society today is that we have made our feelings our God. And my feelings dictate what I will do and what I don't. But if David would have went by his feelings, there would have been a city that would have been lost. I've had people tell me, bro, the Bible is outdated. So were your feelings in about 20 minutes. That's how often they change. Yet we make big decisions over how we feel today. As a Christian, when I gave my life to God, my feelings also came with it. And when I brought my feelings to the table, to the table I've said, God, my feelings are irrelevant unless they line up with this. And if they don't line up with your recipe, then I have to restructure my feelings. But I'm human. My feelings are real. I get it. I get it. Feelings are real. When you feel afraid, when you feel they're real. But that's why God made it really clear that we walk by our feelings. No, we walk by faith. We walk by, by faith. My, my, my buff buddy, he's not here today. When he is, he takes up two chairs. He's so big. After, and, and he, he has some success in the arena of weightlifting. He's back-to-back -back titles, Mr. Olympia, the last two years in a row. Just absolutely, number one in the world. So there's some times I realize I, I should probably take his advice. I think the guy knows what he's talking about. And, um, I asked him for a meal plan. <clears throat> so he put something together because I told him in two months, I'm going to be out of town. And when I look in the mirror, I want to look different. I want to look better. I want to be happy with the man I see in the mirror. He said, well, what do you want? I said, I just want to like, and I knew this was so unrealistic, but I'm like, I want a six pack. It's like, cool. You want a six pack? Awesome. Who, who, who cares? You know, how often are you going to take your shirt off? If, if I had a six-pack, I probably would walk shirtless up here just for fun. I've been, I just have always, I've been the chubby kid my whole life. I just want one day, one day in the life of a person with a six-pack. So, so Aaron, he made me, he made me a meal plan. And it, it was all of the foods I was supposed to eat as well as my workouts. I, I was okay with the workouts, but I, I was not okay with the meal plan. It, it didn't look fun. It, it didn't look like something I really wanted to do. But I didn't have the guts to tell him anything because he's number one in the world. You, do you know if I would have went up to Aaron and said, Hey, Aaron, meal three says rice and broccoli, and that's also on meal four, five, and two, and one. Um, Aaron, I just got to be real with you, man. I love Twinkies. I love Twinkies, Aaron. Um, can we figure out how to fit that in there? You, and you know what Aaron would do? He'd look at me and say, hey, can I take you back to this mirror over here? Hey, do you see yourself in this mirror? Yeah. Do you look the same? Yeah, so the Twinkies, they gotta go. 
Next day, I go back to Aaron's house. Hey, Aaron, I just want to talk about those Twinkies. Aaron, there is a sale on Twinkies right now. As a matter of fact, Aaron, there has been a bill passed that said everybody can eat Twinkies. Aaron! He'd look at me and say, Andrew, let's go back to the mirror. Andrew, you look in that mirror. What do you want to see in that mirror? No to the Twinkies. If I went back the next day and said, Aaron, Twinkies are socially acceptable, man. I mean, I, I know a trainer somewhere, he puts Twinkies in their diet. You know, it's interesting that I would never expect my trainer to manipulate my meal plan. But I expect the pastor to man manipulate the scripture to fit my feelings. I just feel today, um, for your benefit, that God does have a better tomorrow for you. God has incredible things for you. God has things for your future that would blow your mind. Things that you couldn't even dream or imagine. A life that you think is just a fairy tale. I'm not saying life is perfect, but there's something about being in a place with peace that surpasses all understanding. And he has that life for you. And my greatest concern is that when the instructions are served to you, that you would let your feelings get in the way of what God might ask you to do. I think fear keeps us from inquiring of God. Our feelings, there's no doubt, keep us from wanting to ask God for some information. But I believe we are more than that. I believe God is raising up a people that are not here to be governed by what they feel, that are not to be governed by, by, by fear, but are here to live the life they were born to live. Man, God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life. God has a destiny for your life. And he wants to teach you how to prepare today. So when the preparation is presented, my hope and my desire is that you would do what David did and you would march right into that battlefield. I want to end with just this quote, just reminded of this quote, <clears throat> even yesterday. Um, something that, that our pastor has modeled for years, and this is something he has shared to so many of us throughout the years, pertaining to our success in life. Our success in life. And, and understand that success doesn't just mean like a garage full of cars and, and all of that. Now it can. I love to have, I like cars too. I'm human, I like cars. But, but success, what is that even, how do you even de define that? Man, God has some things that are deeper than things that money can buy. For some of you, man, that's just, that's just being in your right mind. That's just walking in peace, being able to sleep at night. My wife calls it like a smile sleep. Like when you lay down, there's not a care, you're just so, you're just like in love with your pillow. Some of you are like awake all night, you just need some peace. For some of you, it'd be, it'd be the restoration of your family. Maybe the rest, restoration of a relationship. For some of you, maybe, maybe physically, you're just not in a place physically where you want to, whatever that, whatever that is for you, God has that in store for you. And Pastor had shared this a while back pertaining to your success in life, and he based it on these two things. Number one, your ability to hear God's voice. Your ability to know, God, what are you saying?
God, what, what are you asking me to do? God, pertaining to getting there, what is the move you need me to make? You know what's so awesome is that the Bible, whatever God tells you, whatever the Holy Spirit speaks to will always line up with truth. This is why you have to have a relationship with the Word of God because this will help you put parameters on what you think you're hearing. Because if it doesn't line up with this, it's probably just your own head. But when it lines up with this, those are the marching orders you need. But it's not just your ability to hear God's voice. It's your willingness then to obey what he's asked you to do. And when you marry those two, get ready. Because you're going to step into the life you have always dreamed of. I believe that. Let's stand to our feet in this place. I think in this room today, I think there's people that are, are willing to say yes. You're just looking for some clarity. You're needing some clarity from God. Like, God, what is the move that I make right now? What is my next step? You know, I love it corporately as a church, we have understanding of this. Pastor prayed this out. God, what is our steps? Legacy storehouses, it's a practical step. We know if we do that, God's gonna do his part. Well, my question is, have you got your steps? Do you know what your marching orders are for you individually? And I just wanna pray in this moment for clarity. For God, whether it be in this moment, maybe you're driving home, for God to cause that thing to just light up on the inside of you. And I believe God can do that. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is our helper. He wants to help you. And the beauty about God, the beauty about the Holy Spirit is that he will always lead you into truth. He's not going to take you down. Now, I'm not saying the path is going to seem all dandy. It might seem a little scary but if you can obey it you will be a success in that area I believe that and so I'm just gonna pray in this moment just for some clarity I'm gonna ask the band just to sing something because for some of you the time is now God knows you need that answer like today before I leave today God I just need to know follow peace don't be led by fear follow peace right here you'll know right you won't have it, it may not make sense right here but right here you're gonna know many of you have tapped into this route your whole life you just had a feeling i wasn't supposed to be there and you made decisions not here but but here the holy spirit's gonna lead you here and i'm just gonna pray for clarity in this place god today you see every person in this room every person that's tuning in online god you put the plans you put the destiny in them but God, today, we're asking you. We are inquiring of you, God, for help, for information, for the steps that you would need us to take. God, we don't know what those steps are, but we give you our yes ahead of time. And God, I pray that clarity would come, that you would silence the noise, that you would silence the clutter, that you would, would silence the voice of fear, and that clarity would come to your people individually, for their homes, for their family members, the steps they're to take in that relationship, the steps they're to take with that business, the steps that they're to take 
with those dreams. We ask you, God, for wisdom, for understanding to do what you've called us to do. God, I just pray that answers would flow in this room. That answers would flow in this room. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 